1: This is the Lombardi Line
2: with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSN.
3: Well, the weather outside is frightful, Michael Lombardi. When they <laughs> oh, say man. when they say and again, I've never been 100% accurate on these weather forecasts, but when they say a bomb cyclone is headed your way. Now, here's the thing. I am nervous about you and Millie and Berman and the crew because they're saying that by tomorrow night The South shore of Long Island, the Jersey shore and the Connecticut coast could get blasted as first off. We say hi, Michael Lombardi, Patrick. This is the Lombardi line. Hi. Thank you, Michael. Uh, But is fill us in like what's happening there?
2: Well, I mean it's it's I don't know if we're gonna get we're gonna get cold. I don't think we're getting snow, but there is cold and if you've ever watched Goodfellow, there's Frankie Carbone cold. Remember he was in the meat yes. freezer hanging up there? <laughs> That's what we're getting. We're getting Frankie Carbone cold. I mean, so it's gonna be a cold one. I mean, highs of twelve, thirteen, Pittsburgh on Christmas Eve, the high. But more than anything, Patrick. We're getting wind and wind gust. I don't know if we're going to get it down here. You know, New England's going to have 22 mile an hour winds. I mean, Cleveland could have 65 mile an hour gust. 35 mile an hour gust in Chicago. I, I mean, we're getting cold and wind. And I think, and I just said this on the podcast. I think what we're headed for week 16 of the NFL season is going to make a lot of people happy. No, no phone. No, no punts and everybody's going to go for it on fourth down because why would you even try a field goal with 65-mile-an-hour gust wind coming from all over direction?
3: No, you can't do it. And Kevin Roth, who's been on the show, Roto-Grinders, he's saying tonight could be raining the whole entire game, the Jags at the Jets. You're going to have temps in the 40s, but 15 to 20-mile-an-hour consistent with wind gusts up to 30 and 35-mile-an-hour. So you've seen that total drop, Michael, all the way down to 36-and-a-half. You know what's crazy about this game? So BetMGM is reporting that all of the money is on the Jags, the handle. The handle, 70% on the Jags. The money, 66% on the Jags. Yet we're seeing the number now, the Jets, two and a half. They're all the way up to two and yeah. a half.
2: Well, I mean, look, the, you know, when you break the game down, the Jets, you know, what, what wins these time of games? The best defense typically, right? Everybody gets focused on the best offense, but what wins these games typically is the best defense. Now, the Jets have lost two games this season on punt returns. Think about that, right? They lose to Detroit on the punt return. They lose to New England on a punt return. So they got to play better in the kicking game. And if they play the way they did against Detroit, they held Detroit, the number one red zone team in all of football, to no no red zone touchdowns. If they do that, they have a hell of a chance, right? To to win this, as long as Zach Wilson doesn't come in and try to be a hero, try to do something stupid. And I think they'll try to keep him from doing that. Now, the Jets have to run the ball. They can't play like they did last week against Detroit. Detroit eliminated the running game and it made it very hard for the Jet offense.
3: You know, the Jets, they've lost three straight, Michael. They've lost four or five. But if they win out, so if they beat the Jags tonight, then they finish on the road. They're at Seattle and they're at Miami. They're most likely in the postseason right now. Their percentage is right around fifteen and a half percent to make the postseason. If they lose tonight, this is what you call You know, this is kitchen sink. And where do you call this? Where hail mary? This is if, uh, if, no, they, I call if this they lose, the Custer lose tonight. Last stand the custard last this, stand. Pardon me. If yeah, they lose tonight, yeah. the Jets are done essentially.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, look, they could be done anyway because the, they got to go on the road for two games. And, they're, you know, can they go into Seattle and play Seattle and beat Seattle? Uh, you know, I mean, I think that would be a hard game, right? Can I mean, if, if, because Zach Wilson, there's he's so unpredictable, right? They don't know what, what they're going to get. But I do know that they, they're playing good defense. You know, last week Detroit did move the ball on them. Detroit, you know, threw for 252. It's the first time somebody's thrown for over 250 yards going back to when they played Cincinnati in week three. So, you know, most of the time, everyone's thrown for under 200 yards against them. And I think that's been the key. Now, can Jacksonville do that tonight? Can Jacksonville protect? Cam Robinson not there at left tackle. That's a concern, mm-hmm. right? You got Josh Wells over there. Is he going to be able to handle it? Quinton Williams plays tonight. Brendan Scherf, He is he back? I don't know. Is he healthy? Probably not, but he's currently going to try to play. You know, that makes the Jets' defense a lot better.
3: So – On the other side, the Jags, they're now minus 145 in division. And I'm sure you talked about it again, the GM shuffle every Monday and Thursday with Michael and Femi. I'm sure you discussed it's going to be Malik Willis because Tannehill shut down for the year. So now it's flipped. The Jags are minus 145 in division. Tennessee's plus 115. So the Jags essentially control because, remember, they're just 6-8, and but they've got a clear path in division.
2: Yeah, right. But if they lose tonight, that number's going to jump, right?
3: Oh, yeah. They go Big time.
2: they go Jets, so they they go Jets tonight, right? Houston, Tennessee, okay. And so you know that's that that's a little that that gives them a chance. Okay, so if they lose tonight, they they have a chance to get to eight wins, right? So they're eight and nine. Now, now, tonight the the the, the Jacksonville plays Houston. If they went, then they have Dallas. So all mm-hmm. they have to do is win one and then they have, then that playoff game, the last game of the year will be a playoff game. Who That's winner correct. gets in, right? So That's 100% if they, right. but they got to beat Houston. Can they beat Houston? They ran for 315 yards against Houston when when Malik Willis started the last game. He only threw it 10 times. <laughs>
3: Remember, I mean, they went to Kansas City and almost beat Kansas City with Malik Willis not throwing the football.
2: I know, and so I don't rule them out, you know. But here's what I will say: I was talking to a, a coach, a former coach in the league, and he gave me one of those. Do you know? And I, then I was, I, I started to write stuff down. Do you know that when then he was talking about he was talking about the fact that Gardner Minshew is going to start. Do you know when Gardner Minshew starts, that'll be the 57th different starting quarterback in the National Football League this year? 57. And now we're going to get – now Willis has already started a game, so he's already in that 57 number. But we're going to get Trace McSorley. That makes it 58. We're going to get Nick Foles. That makes it 59. We're going to get to 60. I mean, we're going to – it's almost like everybody's had to play their backups. Why? Because protection's bad. Offensive line play's bad. You know we're not we're not protecting the quarterback the right way. Yeah, quarterbacks are running more, but there's only five or six teams that run the six back offense. Not all of them run it. It's about protection that, and, and making yep. sure of it. So it's fascinating. You know we're talking about protecting quarterbacks. No, we don't want them to get hit too late. Personal fouls. We're doing all this stuff. When we're going to have almost we're going to double the amount of backups that ever played.
3: Yeah, we're going to come back and talk about those backups you mentioned: Gardner, Malik Willis, Tyler Huntley. Trace McSorley, I mean, Nick Foles, that was a bit of a surprise yesterday. You know when your friend hits you with the, did you know? And then they have that dramatic pause for effect, and then they fill in the blank that you're coming with some information. <laughs> take out your pad, take out your paper uh, and your pen. So, yeah, it's been a just backup galore. I mean, it's really, it's what's fascinating about Tennessee is, is, as you mentioned, that's going to be a playoff game down in Jacksonville in week 18. Because remember, Jacksonville went to Tennessee and beat Tennessee a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Week 18 is going to be, essentially be a, play, a, a win and you're in end for those two teams.
2: I would think so. I mean, assuming they can beat Houston, right? If they, if they beat the Jets right. tonight, right? I, I think this is... So if, say, the Jets win tonight, you're Vrabel, right? You have a chance to get to eight wins now, right? They can't get to eight, right? Then you got to go play Dallas, Right? They can only get to eight. So if you win tonight, now they got the tiebreaker, though, right? Remember? So they That's beat correct. them once. And so that makes that – so no matter what happens tonight with the Jets, they're still in it. I mean, excuse me, the the, 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 the Jaguars are still in it with the Titans no matter what happens, even if the, they beat Houston.
3: So the Titans host the Texans coming up Saturday and we will be here Lombardi Line on Christmas Eve. And then they host the Cowboys and they go to the Jags. So it's going to be a fascinating as that division comes to a close. It'll be fast. I think week 18, we're going to see essentially a win winning year in your there with the Titans and Jags. Yeah, as but Michael do we want to
2: really see, I mean, I love, we love Tennessee. We have great respect for Vabel here on the show. Do we want to really watch Tennessee in a playoff game, host a playoff game? I, I don't know. With Malik
3: Willis, a quarterback, do you? I don't think no, I do. No especially with, I mean, you've got a budding superstar in Lawrence and I was digging through some of the numbers. And when you break the game down, you can go through it, but he's really cleaned it up in the red zone. He doesn't have the best weapons in football, although he's got good weapons. He's been playing awesome over the last six games. This Lawrence. I think the
2: Calvin Ridley trade was a huge trade for them. He gives them a legitimate number one receiver, assuming Calvin Ridley can come back and returns to the mental health which caused him to be on the list for the first time. I'm, the gambling thing is another issue. But to me, the mental health thing is the most important thing with Calvin Ridley. If he comes back from that, that's going to be huge. It really is.
3: Yeah, I think you're right. It, it, but the, the theme, and we'll discuss it a lot. I mean, think about this. In Chicago, the windchill is going to be minus 10 uh, mm. coming up this weekend with 35-mile-an-hour gusts.
2: I know. Like, why would you even try a field goal in that weather? Why would you even, like, punting into the wind in that weather? Where are we going? We're going nowhere. Like, it's like punting into a deep bush. You know, it's like we can't, we can't get it out. It's never coming out, right? <laughs> so say you have the ball at the 30, and the wind's in your face at 35-mile-an-hour with gust, right? Remember the Sean Landetta game in Chicago where he, did he where the, where the wind took the ball off his foot? He couldn't even punt it. Yeah. I think I do fourth remember. down is going to be in play in a lot of these games. you got to take it into your handicapping. And then do you punt? Do you fourth and one. Do you punt when you potentially can only pick up ten yards of field position? I mean, so remember, like when we t- remember when we were kids. Remember we were kids when when we played football on the grass. We didn't punt it, right? So every we just threw it in the air as the punt. I mean, <laughs> that would be that would be better for the teams this day. You know, like can we just throw it in the air? Can we go back to? Can we go back to like sandlot rules? Can we just throw it up there? Because the well, punters are at a disadvantage too.
3: I mean, they're saying potentially heavy rain tonight. Again, 30 to 35 mile an hour gusts. So you have to think the passing game and kicking game, those two are going to be directly impacted. These are going to be running the football tonight.
2: And the way Zach Wilson holds the ball, the way he has the ball, he's loose with the ball all the time. I mean, you got to be careful. You got to be really detailed in how you protect this football with the rain coming down. You know, I don't don't trust him. I really don't. I don't trust him. I, I don't the, think the I don't think the Jets trust him either, but I don't think they have a choice.
3: I mean, I I guess he was better against the Lions, but that's not exactly a, a vaunted pass yeah, defense well, that where kid, he went eighteen that, of thirty five. You
2: know, he he threw a helicopter ball that got that, that his team intercepted instead of the Lions. Remember that throw? <laughs> yeah,
3: that should have been picked. He threw one gimme. He threw that YOLO ball to the Lions as well. Wilson in this weather scares you, is what you're telling oh, us. And, and no, I think, it, I'm and I think that's Wilson, justified. Yes. Okay, when we come back, backups all over the league with the bomb cyclone coming. We'll get to that next.
2: This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is.
3: You're listening to the Lombardi line on VSIN. Featuring former NFL
2: executive Michael Lombardi. Now once again, here's Patrick Maher.
3: Okay, the bulls roll along. We've got the best college bowl season coverage in the business. VSIN has you covered. We've got pick spreads, totals for every single bowl game. Head to vCin.com and check out our bull betting coverage. While you're there, remember now's a great time to become a VCN pro for the holidays. It's just 79 bucks. You get access to everything we do from now through the big dance. Go to vCin.com slash subscribe. That's vCyn.com slash subscribe. I wrote down from the daily newsletter in my notes today, Mackinen has 14 betting systems on betting the final three weeks of the NFL season. That's what you can get if you're a VSN pro, so go check it out. As we welcome you back, Michael Lombardi. I'm Patrick Maher. This is the Lombardi line. Happy holidays. As we got you back, we talked about the backup quarterbacks, Michael Lombardi. Uh, again, I, the white thing and the Wilson thing, I, b- before we move on to the backups and Sirianni has announced that Minshew is going to be the core. Like, this inclement weather tonight with Wilson, we were going to break discussing it. That just does not add up. That's a, that's a recipe for disaster because he gets fidgety. You know, he starts right. to get fidgety, and when he gets fidgety, bad things happen.
2: Yeah, I mean, he gets uncomfortable. He's not, you know, he's not perfectly aligned in terms of what he does. You know, so you know, I, I think that's that's a concern. He carries the ball loosely in the pocket. Now he only mm-hmm. has two fumbles. He only lost one of them, but you got to be worried about that. To me. I really I'm more it's not how many fumbles you have it's how do you carry the ball it's like Hopkins against the the Patriots you know he carries the ball out here and you know it may not lose it but eventually he does lose it so uh I, I think ultimately that's what worries you they got it you know the Jets I was a little surprised last week they threw it as much as they did but they had to they couldn't get their running game going and and right. and and Knight isn't healthy. He's on the injury list. He might. They might have to activate Robinson, who's really not played well for them. Robinson's had just slightly under thirty carries for less than ninety yards. You know, so he hasn't really been able to to to, to kind of deliver to replace Brees Hall, who they lost, who was really running the ball effectively. To me, that's the issue with the Jets' offense. They got to be able to run the ball. Take the pressure off of Zach Wilson. And see if he can, you know, just make some easy throws, throw screens, you know, flats, a lot of bootlegs, all those kind of
3: things. I will say i've I've circled a prop for tonight. Evan Ingram, forty and a half re- receiving yards, kind of that bailout option for Lawrence, where those DJ. Reed and sauce gardeners are so they're they're so good at taking away those outside guys. Maybe Ingram finds a little soft. Spot In the middle, we'll get to that coming up in just a bit. Remember right now, the Jets two and a half, a total of 36 and a half to kick off week 16 Uh, before the show. I'm sure you talked about it on GM shuffle kind of official. Now Sirianni has announced Gardner Minshew will start against the Cowboys. Remember, this is a pretty big game for the Eagles in the sense that they can wrap up the NFC East. They can wrap up the one seed and the NFC, but it looks like Hertz who gave it his all is going to sit and that number has moved to Dallas lane six here.
2: Well, that's where it was on Monday when the news was coming out, right before the news came out that Hertz was hurt, uh, that went to six, and then it trickled back down to five. Now it comes back up. I thought that was an overreaction to go to six because, look, Minshew has started, I think, 22 games in his career. He's got 41 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. I mean, he can throw the ball. And as a short reliever, you know, he's not the biggest kid. But he can throw the ball, and he's. The weather will be cold in Dallas, but they're, you know, they're basically indoors, so it's not going to be an issue. And I think he, the offense is able to change. I wrote about this for Veasan. Their offensive line is so talented, and they can run block and pass protect that they can transition from the six-back offense to more of a rhythm RPO offense. And I think that'll suit what Minshew does well. Give the Eagles coaches credit. When they started with Hertz two years ago, way back in, you know, when you go back to Philadelphia when they started with their with Hertz as the starting quarterback, the beginning of the season last year, they were not a six back team. They they were they were trying to become more of an RPO team. You know, they didn't really run the ball very effectively. And then after after they got beat by By the Raiders at home, they then became a six back team. They went to Detroit, they ran for 236. You know, they lost to the Chargers, but they ran more than they threw it in that game. They beat then they started on that two hundred yard day. They Denver, New Orleans, the Giants, they just kept running the ball. And that's how they got really became a six back team. I think they'll transition back to be trying to throw the ball more effectively. Because yeah, you, you know mean, when they played Dallas down there in Dallas the last time they played them they were they got killed forty one to twenty one mm-hmm. they couldn't really do anything they could they couldn't run the, they were trying to run an offense that didn't fit Hertz
3: and you've always liked Minshew kind of a perfect spot for him where over a long season maybe he gets exposed but in a short uh, stint like this it's not oh. I mean it's a drop off from Hertz obviously potentially the MVP but Minshew's capable. He's more than capable. I mean, the guy
2: started for Jacksonville. What was he six and six one year? Now, the you know the next year he comes back. Jacksonville's not any good, but he won six games for Jacksonville, which is a hell of an achievement, right? And then, mm-hmm. and then, then then he goes one and six or one and seven. Then he comes back, and last year he won a game for Philly as a starter. Remember, he had start last year too. I think yep. he's more than adequate as a backup. I think he's one of the better backups in the league. Like he's better than. I mean, if he's on Tennessee. What do you think Tennessee's numbers would be to win the win the South? They would be, they would be. He would improve their team. I mean, how the Eagles were able to get this guy for basically nothing, I didn't understand it. I mean, I know he's not great. I know he's not elite. But to me, I kept saying, what What's the difference between Gardner and Baker Mayfield? Like, tell me what the difference is. Like, one guy's the first pick overall in the draft. The other guy went in the sixth round. Tell me what the difference is. Well, Baker's arm's a little bit stronger. Okay, I'll give you that. This kid. This kid makes all the throws you have to make. He can move around the pocket. Tell me what the difference is.
3: My assumption is, let's put it this way. If the Commanders had Minshew over Heineke, they'd either be just as good or maybe a game better. Somewhere in there. Probably Heineke would be, and Minshew, right?
2: There'd a lot of teams you could say that about. You know, I mean, you could say that about a lot of teams if they would have had him. I'm not saying he's elite. But he can no. throw the ball. He's got great rhythm. He's accurate. And at the skill around him, now Tennessee's skill's not great, so he's gonna have to overcome, but Washington's is. I think he's a better player than Taylor Heineke. I really do.
3: It's funny you say that just as you were talking an overreaction. Dallas was six at circa, and as you were talking, they went down to five and a half. So yeah, maybe. I, I a think l- that's an overreaction. Re-
2: I mean, yeah. I don't see it. I I like actually, I think I said to Thomas Gable on Monday when we were watching the line go, you know, this is Philly's not going to just lay down. I mean, I think Philly as a team has a lot of confidence in Minshew. They're going to go out there and they feel like, hey, look, we got to stop Pollard, right? We got to stop Pollard from running the ball. We've got to force Dak. We got to pressure the quarterback. We're going to, it's going to be a close game. We got to handle the return game. Right? There's a lot of elements when you're playing Dallas, but we got to throw the ball against the secondary. we got to throw the ball against the secondary, and I think they can.
3: I'm not being sarcastic, but seriously, DraftKings just went to 5.5, so you might be onto something. You might be moving the number a little bit here because it was 6. During your discussion, DraftKings just dipped to 5.5, so remember, 6 is a very key number in the NFL, and we've now dipped below it with Dallas laying 5.5, Minshew in. Maybe I should clean up my reporting a little bit. I said Tyler Huntley... Uh, in for Baltimore we don't know but we do know Lamar isn't practicing yet right yeah, so I mean, again I mean, Atlanta and at Baltimore. Got, what he
2: has the bad Huntley has the bad Huntley's ankle Huntley's still
3: banged up too yes
2: i mean and plus Huntley has the concussion i mean he's you know he's got he cleared no it's a shoulder he cleared concussion protocol but he's got the bad shoulder and then they lose Devernay who was on the went to the pro bowl as a returner i mean this offense is not good to begin with they have no passing game I mean, how is this line seven and a half with maybe Anthony Brown playing?
3: Yeah, you mentioned Duvernay out. They signed Sammy Watkins. That'll fix it. Not so yeah, much. I mean, uh, but come on. Um, who's
2: throwing him the ball? I mean, like who's throwing him the ball?
3: Don't have an answer yet. That number, like you said, is dancing between six and a half. I got a book showing Baltimore laying seven and a half. So Ritter, I, I, I thought it was Atlanta. seven and a
2: half. It's come down. Da- it's come down to this morning that if you have it, at, if it's at – let me see here. There's some Circa's six, at and, a six and a half out there. Yeah, yep. then it, it's come down a full point. It was at seven and a half this morning when I looked at it, when I was going through it. It's come down a full point, which tells me we might see Anthony Brown. And I think if you want to get ahead of the curve, that's going to go further down. That'll be that'll yes. be somewhere under four if it's Anthony Brown as the starter.
3: I think you're 100% right. BetMGM officially just went to six and a half. You can see our official number there as well. Uh, other news. I mean, look, they
2: haven't played well. Baltimore's offense, I mean, they can go in there and say, we're going to run the ball in Atlanta, and maybe they can, but I don't see it, you know? I mean, I don't really see it. Huntley was limited in practice yesterday with a shoulder, but this whole team, I mean, like Stanley doesn't practice, you know, Zeitler doesn't practice, Marcus Peters is out, he's out, Uh, you know, uh, Lamar's definitely going to be out. I I don't, it's going to be hard, and then the, what's the number one advantage Baltimore has whenever they play a game? It's running the football, running the ball, and their field goal kicker.
3: That's exactly right. right. Yeah, and he missed. Who two ironically kicks last missed week. one last week? He, two, when he, he misses one, one it's like huge news. Yes. Oh,
2: it's, it's complete huge. huge news. And 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 based on the weather report of this week, I don't think. I mean, kicking might not be an option for it. You might not. You can. You can't That's kick a good point. in this weather. I mean, you lose a huge advantage. That's why I'm surprised that it's still – this line is that dipping down. I mean, look, I'm not in love with Atlanta's defense by no means. They played New Orleans tough. But this, I think this is – how is how are they scoring? It's 14 degrees, 16-mile-an-hour winds in Baltimore.
3: It's going to be very cold in Tennessee. How about Houston? The fighting Lovey Smiths getting some love in the market. They're only catching three at Tennessee. Tennessee fighting for their playoff lives. will continue with the backup quarterback discussion next here at Lombardi Line.
2: You're listening to the Lombardi Line on v featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now once again, here's Patrick Maher.
3: Okay, we've got a holiday deal for you for VEASAN pros. Remember, you get access to everything 24-7 here at VEASAN. Betting guides for the bowl games. Brackets through the big game. So it's $79 through March Madness. VEASAN.com slash subscribe. You get Michael Lombardi's exclusive articles. You get all the pro tools, including the betting splits, which is important. We're just talking about these numbers jumping up and down. That You'll see that clearly with the betting splits. And the tools, vcin.com slash subscribe. That's vcin.com slash subscribe. It's a holiday special, just $79 right now. It's funny, as we welcome you back. We've got Will Hill, we've got Mike Samich, and we've got, of course, Mike Palm with Palms Pressing 3 on a Thursday. What a wonderful day, as we welcome you back. It's Michael, you nailed it, because immediately, uh, we saw Dallas jump to 6 everywhere, and literally everywhere. Remember, betters bet numbers. So they saw that six yep. pop up and they gobbled up the number, and all the books have now dropped back down to Dallas Lane five and a half with Minshew in there for Philly.
2: And I I think you'll eventually see this go to five. I, I definitely think you'll see this go to five. I think it's just one of those where you you've got to uh you know, you gotta when you handicap the game, yes, Hertz is so important, but I think you can't get lost into the fact that like let's take the Chicago, for example, when Justin Fields isn't playing, they can't run the six back offense. And so what happens is because their line is so bad, they have to kind of modify their offense and they can't really function very well. He allows them to have at least some success because of his skill as a runner and he can get out of trouble. Philadelphia doesn't have that issue. Philadelphia loses their six back offense. They go back to a. to to a play-action pass, under center, rhythm passing game, RPO. They got a lot of things they can run, and they practice them all. And they can still – and they can execute it. If they block the front, they're going to make some throws.
3: Yes, sir. And that's indicative right now as we dip back to the five-and-a-half. The one that's fascinating, like Michael pointed out, we don't know who's going to be under center for Baltimore. It's not going to be Lamar Jackson. But we've got a book in Jersey showing Baltimore seven and a half with Ritter in Atlanta in town, and then you've got such variants because you've got Circa, you've got DraftKings. DraftKings is showing seven and a half with Baltimore. Circa showing six and a half. We've got six and a half at BetMGM. Just a huge. That's so important to shop these numbers right. here.
2: It really is. I mean, it's all over the lot, right? So you don't know. You don't know how to. You know, you got to handicap the game. And then you've got to make sure that as you handicap – like Colt McCoy, you handicap that game with the expectation that if a guy can't stay healthy like Colt McCoy, you may see Trace McSorley. That's what scares you, right? So you almost mm-hmm. you can't say, well, I lost a bet because that backup quarterback went in. I mean, I get that if you're playing the Chiefs and you lose Patrick Mahomes. I got that. But not when you're dealing with some of these backups who may be injury prone who may do that. I don't think that's Gardner-Mitchell at all. I don't think that's Gardner-Mitchell. But one thing we do know for sure – is that Jalen Hurts isn't going to be the backup quarterback, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, you got to take a look at that, too. You've got to be able to handicap this game in all three dimensions because if you don't, you get stuck with it, and all of a sudden, oh, no, I didn't think that, you know, I didn't want that. Now, Minshew's not a guy who lacks durability. I'm not saying that. But, you know, if, they, if Philadelphia has to go to Ian Book, game's over.
3: No, it's it's definitely over, Ian. Book uh, Houston. I, I teased this on the way out, Michael Lombardi. Houston getting a little respect here because Tennessee needs this. Obviously, Malik Willis in with Tannehill getting shut down, but you can find threes with Tennessee. You can catch a three and a half with Houston, but Houston's playing. You know they're competitive down the stretch here for Lovey, and they're getting a little love in the market.
2: Well, I mean, look, last week was I watched that tape. You talk about a game that had no business going into overtime. It made no sense at all. I mean, Mahomes was sensational in that game. He was sensational. And they ran the ball really effectively. But every time they needed to make a play with their defense, they couldn't. Every time they needed to make a play with their defense, they couldn't. They got a pass interference call, defensive holding call. They beat themselves last week, Kansas City. It wasn't as much as, and Houston hung around. They did what they had to do, but it really wasn't about Houston as much. It was about the fumbles on Kansas City. You know, Pacheco fumbles the ball. He runs into his de- offensive lineman and he fumbles it. And then Sh- Smith Schuster gets the ball knocked out in his own territory. And, and those led to points. And Houston was very advantageous. And then they got the calls that they needed to get at the right time. You know, and so when you get that, when you're getting past, even though you're not completing passes and you're getting past interference calls that, that help you get first downs, all of a sudden, you, you know, you're, you're making some hay. And they kept the game close. And then, of course, they turned it over. I mean, in the game, the, the, the Texans had 18 first downs total. They got five by penalty. <laughs> five.
3: Fortuitous, I mean, to say the
4: least.
2: I mean, there was. Here's the thing: don't fall for Houston played good last week. They didn't. They gave up seven point three yards per play. I mean, they only gained four point two yards per play. You know, the Chiefs had ten penalties for one hundred and two yards. There's the game. They fumbled three times, lost two of them. There's the game. He, the, and Andy why... Reid ran the ball thirty-three times in the game. I mean, you got to go. I mean, I would suspect you got to go a long way to find thirty-three rushing attempts by Andy Reid.
3: I was going to say, take some Benadryl after the game. He's usually allergic to running the football that much. And, you know, that's why it's important when you go back and watch these games. I was asking you during the break, you know, how did Ritter show out against New Orleans? And the reason I ask is, of course, he's in Baltimore. It's going to be freezing there. It's going to be windy there. And you said Ritter was very inconsistent in his first start
2: which you would expect, right? He made a a horrible throw coming out to start the second half that got intercepted, but the kid didn't have his feet in bounds, which changed the call. He was effective. I mean, look, he's leading him on a drive down the field, and Drake London gets the ball stripped out of his hands, and Roby picks it up, and that wins the game for the Saints. Now, you know, the Saints turned it over once again in the red zone. But you know, I I think Ritter will be able to handle the cold. He grew. He's a he's a Midwest kid. He, grew, he played in Cincinnati. Forty six, forty nine starts. He's dealt with bad weather before. Now wind is a whole other element. I mean, this is where strategically coaches have to take charge and and look at okay, how do we play in this game? I mean, I know this. If I were coaching or I was in an organization, I would say, look, we better have a lot of fourth down calls that we like, and we better have a lot of. Two point plays we like because we're not prob- trying a f- extra point might not be the smartest thing ever.
3: Yep, going to be super windy there in Baltimore. Cold, cold, cold. Again, weather. I mean, you all can't over. you
2: can't count on it. And then punting, you know, you got to have a punter that'll drive the ball, that'll kind of line drive it down the field, you know. And and look, field position is so important. But when you're punting into the wind, where you might only pick up five yards. So that now is fourth down in play.
3: The other backup in. How about this one? Indy on Monday is going to start. Nick Foles hosting the Chargers. The Chargers are laying what's, four and a half. What's in that our boy
2: up. Saturday have us up his sleeve? He's so oh, you know. I'm sure. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm surprised they went here. I really am. I'm surprised. By I was it, surprised
3: but, by it as well. What, what What are you hearing about Foles being in there?
2: I mean, look. I think that. I mean, in fairness. To Saturday and the Colts, they can't keep going. Matt Ryan is done. It's over. Toast. I mean, you know, one thing you want from a veteran is to not make dumb decisions, and he making dumb decisions with the football. I mean, that that, that almost giving the ball away to Minnesota at the where he pushed it out of his hands. I mean, come on. that's not a play a veteran player makes. And they have to be able to expand the field. People know I know they're playing in the domes, but they know they're not going to be able to throw the ball outside because his arm strength isn't what it is, you know, and, and I thought watching the Buffalo game last year, he could throw it, but this year it has not been the case.
3: How about the Christmas slate this year? Christmas Eve, of course, you've got a plethora of entertaining and intriguing games, 11 games, and we go to three on Sunday, Christmas. You've got Green Bay at Miami, okay, okay. You've got Denver at the Rams. That'll be a my great goodness. game. That's
2: going to be a good game. Green Bay-Miami, you know, that's a funny game because when I when I first looked at the sheet and said, oh, man, Miami's going to – that that line's too soft. Then I went and did my numbers. That line was just like perfectly placed. Oh, really? Placed. This, this is going to be a fun game. I, I, I think so. Yeah, I do. I think people have a perception of Miami – now, you better – if you see Femi, please send condolences. He's very sad that Tua didn't make the Pro Bowl. He's kind of – I have to give him a handkerchief every time I see him. Tears coming streaming down his face. It's very, very heartening. But anyway I – I,
3: I did, yes. I did talk to Femi yeah. before the show, and he says he's getting a lot of Tua and Fields tweets from peeps. Yeah. So just, I
2: mean, it's just sad. sad. I mean, I feel so bad for him that Tua didn't make it. You know, because he led the thing in voting. I mean, give Femi credit. He was stuffing that box now. Yes. I mean, you know – he was stuffing that box, But anyway, I just felt like that, that'll that be a good game. And then I, I think for betters, for us, the Denver-Ram game, like how is that line so light? Wilson's going to play. The Rams are really not any good. They lost two more starters last week. I mean, if, if Denver can't play good defense against that bad Ram offense, and Baker went back to being Baker, right? The oh, Baker yeah. that we saw on Monday night was the Baker the people in Carolina witnessed all year.
3: Yeah, that number jumped up to three at a couple of shops, including DraftKings, Denver, Lane 3, on the road, at the Rams. That's a sandwich game on Christmas. And then the nightcap, you have get Brady McSorley. Just what we it. were hoping for. Brady McSorley. With Brady I mean, laying in you know, Bucks Lane seven and a half here, Michael. I mean, that line jumped now. That line,
2: I had yeah. that line. Now, you know, I, I, I mean, that line's all over the place. I, I don't know how to handicap Arizona because – Murray wasn't any good. McCoy's better, but he gets hurt. Now I got Trace McSorley. Oh my.
3: The NFL package is moving from direct TV to YouTube TV. Coming up next, the guy that spearheaded the campaign, Will Hill, you know, he's into programming. He's going to join us next here. At Lombardi line.
0: There's no distance too far for the perfect trip.
3: Listening to the Lombardi line on VCN.
2: Featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher.
3: Okay, football fans, you can turn a loss into a win with the King of Sports. Books just place a single first touchdown score prop on any Monday or Thursday night pro football game. That's tonight. If your bet loses, you're gonna receive up $25 in free bets. The offer is available all season long. Wager confidently and take your game to the next level with BetMGM. Just log into your account or download the BetMGM app. Sign up today, then wager on any player to score the first touchdown in Monday or Thursday night games. Remember, all season long at the King of Sportsbooks, 1-800-GAMBLER if you have an issue. Got to be 21 years or older. Okay, we got you back here. Michael Lombardi there. I'm Patrick Maher. We're going to head to Connecticut and say hi to our buddy Will Hill, of course, our teammate here on Vison can you fill us in one he's getting a head start on the christmas shop and he's going to go after his hit here so good to get out in front of it two speaking of get out in front of it what about the weather i was asking michael like in connecticut you're going to get hit tomorrow by this bomb cyclone no well it's actually going to be pretty warm
5: today then it's going to go it's going to have a huge drop sometime in the next 24 hours where it goes from like 50 55 degrees which is extremely warm for this time of the year down into the 20 so there's going to be a lot of ice so Ice is always the tricky thing. I I think we're looking at a lot of ice, which makes it it tough.
2: Yeah, and and I mean, it's not supposed to snow during the Patriot game on Saturday afternoon, so I don't know how that all is going to – but the wind, I think, Will, is the most important element here. This is a weekend that I think you'll cherish for the rest of your betting career because this could be a weekend where a lot of teams decide that punts aren't in play and every fourth down's in play.
5: It's tough because the field position in a game that are lo- these low scoring, you want to really I- – I know what you mean, and you might be right, and I would love it. I mean, there's nothing better. Just well, because here's right why
2: home, I but. say it. Here's why I say it. Field position – you know I love field position more than anybody. But if you're going to punt into the wind and gain five yards, aren't you better going for it on fourth right. down?
5: Oh, you're preaching to the choir. You love you love field position. I love the ball. Like, uh, <laughs> like Tony tells AJ, the ball, AJ, the ball.
3: I was going to say, we just entered the matrix where Will Hill and Michael Lombardi are talking about going for it on fourth down, but it's Michael leading the charge. Yeah, this is something that sounds trite because we say it over and over, and that is having multiple outs and shopping for the best number. But let's go to Baltimore where Mike were. Will, you and I were discussing during the breaks. DraftKings still hanging that seven and a half number out there, even with Jackson. Lane seven and a half is risky with Baltimore at this point. But having that six seven and a half out there where other books have adjusted to six and a half, with whether it's Anthony Brown or Tyler Huntley, that's that's a nice number if you like Atlanta.
5: That is, uh, that is the Christmas spirit by DraftKings. What, is, what do you say, Lombardi? Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. Go right to the book and yeah. take the seven and a half because it doesn't look like Lamar is playing. Uh, if Lamar is playing, okay, it's a fair number. Huntley, that's not a fair number. If, God forbid, if Anthony Brown plays, I and mean, we were just talking about this off the air, Anthony Brown wasn't even good at college. He would throw the ball at Oregon. And be like, Why are they letting him throw the ball? Yeah. So if it's, if I, it's Anthony Brown I, versus I Ritter, maybe that's an underplay, but you can't be laying seven, seven and a half with Anthony Brown. So uh, I would grab that seven and a half as soon as you could find
2: it. You know, and, and you would say, okay, Baltimore's run defense is really good. Their weakness is their secondary. I agree. But this Atlanta team runs the ball on everybody. They ran it on Washington, right? I mean, like you can run the – Atlanta runs the ball. This – Arthur Smith does a great job of game planning the run. And Ritter will be better at week two, but the win's going to be a factor. But I think seven and a half because of the conditions and because you're neutralizing the best player on Baltimore's team, Tucker – How's he going to make kicks in this weather?
3: The As I look at the board, your, your Vikings are laying four, four and a half, hosting the Giants. Is there anything else that stands out to you? I was actually noticing we have dipped a little love for Carolina, Michael Lombardi, and Will Hill. Detroit, that number has dipped down to two and a half at a bunch of shops, still three if you do like Carolina, Will. Any take on either of those two? Giants, Minnesota, Detroit, Carolina.
5: Yeah, the over looks a little high for Detroit Carolina because Carolina can't move the ball really against anybody. They do play pretty good defense, although they didn't play good defense last week. They're inconsistent on defense, even though I think they have some talent. Detroit's run defense has gotten a lot better, and that's all Carolina could really do is run the ball. They don't really have any receivers. They got Darnold at quarterback. So Detroit now is pretty, is decent on defense. It's weird. They're sort of feisty. They're good against the run. I think that'll be, you know, you get the Lions outdoors away from home. They're not as good on offense. So I think that's like a, you know, a 20 to 14, 20 to 17 type of game. I think that that over is a little high.
2: Yeah, I mean, look, uh, Carolina has struggled to play the defense that you think they're capable of yeah. playing. You know, everybody. They have like I was talking about on Pod. Brian Burns is a really good player, but when you got Brian Burns, if he's a Pro Bowl player, which he got voted for, you know, you're not 25th in the league in third down defense. You're not third. You know, you're not low in in sacks per play, which Detroit, which Carolina is. And Detroit did a great job of blocking a very good front of the Jets last week and gave Goff time to throw it. Now, you know, and they've got other weapons. J.C. Horn is going to take one of the receivers out of the game but they're going after all these other corners for Carolina and that, and when they play man to man, I mean, I mean, there was no denying it. I mean, Pittsburgh was going after 28 from the first play of the game and he didn't cover anybody the entire day. I will say,
5: I think Detroit's the fourth best team in the NFC. I know that might be a little bit of a hot take, but after you get past San Francisco, Dallas and Philly, Detroit's good. They're okay on
3: defense. They're just stacked on offense. That's a good team, Patrick. Again, Again, Zillow He's got it minimized because he's constantly looking to move the family to Michigan, which is heartwarming for me. Will Hill, of course, uh, weird game tonight, not just because of the rain and the wind, but Jacksonville and the Jets both need wins. Right. This open right around a pick'em. We've seen a jump to Jets will two and a half yet. Bet MGM's reporting 70 percent of the bets on the Jags, 66 percent of the money on the Jags. So kind of a weird machination as far as the line movement and the money.
5: Yeah, Jags much better at quarterback, Jets much better on defense, so sort of a toss-up game. I would lean towards the under. Maybe sometimes when the under gets this low, you just play the under through the player props, like Wilson under passing yards, I think, is 195 and a half. Uh, Lawrence, I think, is 212 and a half. Again, shop around because there's some variation there, but with the wind, the rain, I just think we see a a lot of running the ball here. It's dangerous to play under 37, 37 and a half with Jacksonville secondary, but I, I do think the Jets will be conservative on offense. So I look for a close, low scoring game. I would lean towards the under. If you're giving me points against Zach Wilson, I will just take the Jags. And uh, it's interesting now with, with the Jags and the Titans, there's four scenarios heading into week 18 for the AFC South. Jags out by two games with one to play. Obviously, they're eliminated. The other three scenarios are exactly the same. Whether the Jags are up a game, down a game, or even, it really doesn't matter because as long as the Jags beat the Titans, whoever wins week 18 is getting That's in. Correct. So uh, it's funny. If yeah. the Jags win tonight and the Texans somehow beat the Titans, which, look, it's not impossible, it, it doesn't mean anything for the Jags next week against Houston. No. It doesn't mean anything for the Titans against the Cowboys. So keep that in mind when you see the look-ahead lines Sunday, if the lines look a little funny. Uh, the Jags, I don't know if they'd rest their starters, but it, it's certainly in play. It's sort of a weird you know, scenario here where these teams are a game apart with three to play, and next week could mean nothing for both those teams.
2: You know, it's funny you say that because last week I said this with the Saturday game, Baltimore playing Cleveland. I said that to me, I love Cincinnati last week because if Baltimore lost, Cincinnati was going to take full advantage. They were going to they were going to do whatever they had to do to win that game to gain that one get to win the south, to win the north. This is different, right? So it doesn't really the outcome of this game is meaningless as it relates to who's going to win the south. I mean, the south winner could be 8 and 9 or then the south winner could be 9 and 8.
5: Yeah, you just need to split if you're Jacksonville and get a split from the Titans. Which look, Titans with Willis are probably going to lose to the Cowboys. If you're the Jags, you can figure you beat the Texans. Now you don't want to go and put yourself in that situation, but uh, you know the Jags—they're really their magic number is two over the next two weeks to just make Week 18 a division title game. And boy, it'd be interesting to see what that line would be. It depends on how Willis looks, but Jags will probably be three and a half, four-point favorites if they can just get it to that point. Jags are in good shape here to win this division.
3: Would you? You maybe you could flex a little bit. Some congratulations for you. Didn't you tell us before the season started you like ja- you like the Jags in division? Did you? Get I have lots in? of
5: bets on the Jags and the Panthers to win their division. If they both win it, uh, it, I'll be in good shape. So Jags are in good shape. We need to get the Panthers home. So, but lo- long way to go. Long way to go. It's uh. You know, we could be looking at some interesting games week 18. If the Packers could ever beat the Dolphins, could the Packers-Lions be a playing game if one of these other teams would trip up? We get Bengals-Ravens week 18, and then we get Jags-Titans. So that'll be an interesting game, you know, decision what they flex into for that Sunday night football game week 18. I know Lombardi uh, always likes to hear my thoughts on those.
2: Oh yeah, I love it when he schedules games. I love that. I love how he going to kind of can transition from working with the Lakers to scheduling television games to going back to fixing the Lakers and, and all that stuff. I mean, Jeannie Bush is probably going to go on her honeymoon. She may need you to be in there more than she ever is.
5: Yeah, well, unless they hire a doctor to keep Anthony Davis healthy, I don't know. I don't know how much help I'm going to be.
3: <laughs> and congratulations on moving the deal from Direct TV to YouTube. Do you have any thoughts, yes. Mister Programmer? That's interesting. What are what are the repercussions? I saw the headline. I didn't read too much
5: about that. What? Is, so we're going to have to basically cancel Directv now.
2: <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, well, I, I mean, <laughs> I would not buy stock in Directv. I really don't. I, I mean, that. one of the things is nobody wants that big satellite in front of their house. I mean, I almost right. got it, and the guy said I got to put it over here. I don't want it there. You know, it's the only place it goes. Well, I don't want it there. Like I'm not. Like I, I think that's a problem. And now you can stream it. You know, the one thing I, I get the I get it now through streaming, but to me it's challenging because it's always two plays behind. I think YouTube will fix that.
3: Yeah. yeah the, delay, the weather, too. D- the wind,
2: the rain, it's bad.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So 36 and a half 37. If you're going to play that total, you'd go under. If you're going to play the side, you would take with Jacksonville. Yes. Maybe you could buy it up to three. That thing should, creeping up to two and a half is interesting. Will Hill, good luck with the shopping today, and be safe with the weather. Thank you very much. Thanks, Will. All right. Thanks for having me, guys. See you. Okay, big hour coming up with Samich and Palm. Next, we'll dive into Jacksonville at the Jets.